Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast. This is the short version where we're studying the book of Hebrews together. We're finishing up chapter 8. We've been looking at what the writer has said in this chapter about the Old and New Covenants. It's quite a short chapter. It's only 13 verses, and he basically quotes several verses from the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, where God promises the children of Israel that he's going to establish a new covenant with them. In the previous episode, I talked about the difference between Gentiles and Jews and having a proper understanding of how the Jews related to God under the Old Covenant. And because that covenant was not able to to bring them to a place of righteousness by their obedience to the law, God promised that he was going to establish a new covenant with them. And we talked about that the Gentiles had never been under that old covenant. And so it was not necessary for God to make a new covenant with the Gentiles. It was simply necessary for them to come to Christ through faith. And in both cases, we talked about how the end result is exactly the same. Both people, Jews and Gentiles alike, have to come to the Lord in faith. Now, in this episode, I want to talk just quickly about the last verse in chapter 8, and then I want to make some comments about what I referred to in the last episode as covenant confusion and what I meant by that, and go into a little more application of this in this episode. So in chapter 8, verse 13, the writer says, And when he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Now, I actually mentioned this verse, I remember, in a few episodes ago. I kind of jumped ahead, but I want to focus on it now because this is where we are in our journey. The writer is making what I would call a time-sensitive statement here. And I believe in our interpretation of Scripture, we need to always pay attention to time stamps. And so what I mean by that is the writer is saying in verse 13 that when God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah saying a new covenant, it means that he will make the first covenant, the old covenant, obsolete. That means it doesn't apply anymore. And he makes this statement, but whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. It's a very interesting statement. And it's a statement that can only be understood and interpreted from the perspective of the writer. And we talked about how this letter is being written just a few years before the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, what he's saying is that even though Jesus died on the cross 30 years before he wrote this letter, he's saying that the old covenant is ready to disappear. This ready word is a little adverb that means it is very near to disappearing. It simply means that it not totally disappeared yet. What is he talking about? After Jesus died and he was resurrected and he ascended, we need to remember that the Jews were still worshiping in the temple. They were still offering the sacrifices. They were still going through the motions of the old covenant law. Those that did not recognize Jesus as the Messiah and had not come to faith in him were still doing the sacrifices. Now, in order for the old covenant to completely become obsolete and to discontinue, that process had to end. They did not choose to end that process voluntarily. Now, for believing Jews who came to faith in Christ, 
they surely did not continue to observe the sacrificial system because as the writer is going to point out in the coming chapters, that sacrificial system came to an end when Jesus made the final sacrifice once and for all, the sacrifice that was indeed able to remove sin. The sacrifices under the old covenant simply covered sin. They never were able to remove sin from the life of the worshiper. We're going to look at that in more detail coming in this book. So what he's saying is that during this what I call overlap period, the old covenant practices of the sacrificial system, the worship in the temple by the priest was still taking place, but it was ready to disappear because what Jesus had done on the cross 30 years before had fully secured the new covenant. But I believe what God was doing was giving a grace period to the Jewish people to give them an opportunity to let go. But instead, they held on. So God ended up doing exactly what he promised he would do. He did away with the old. He removed that system, and he literally did that through the Roman Empire and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in A.D. 70. This is one of the most documented historical events of the first century, and it is very significant in the history of Israel. It is that time that Jesus prophesied clearly in numerous accounts in the Gospels when he said, Not one stone will remain upon another. This temple will not stand. It will come down. And he says these things would happen in this generation. And within the time period of when he spoke those words and when that happened, that was within that generation. So it's a very significant prophetic fulfillment of what Jesus said was going to happen because it was the day of vengeance of the Lord. It was that which was prophesied through the prophet Isaiah that it was going to happen, and this is exactly what happened. So this is what this writer is saying when he penned this letter and he wrote this verse in the end of chapter 8. He's saying, Saying, get ready because that old covenant is getting ready to disappear. It had not yet disappeared, but it was coming. And for the Jews, this was a very significant event. Now, I also said in this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about what I mean by covenant confusion. See, what happens in the life of a person that has been under the performance of a covenant like the old covenant, like the Jews were, is they were fully conditioned to this process of observing the law and obeying the law so that they could experience right standing with God. That was the Jews' perspective. It's what they lived and died by. And for them to shift from a covenant that was based on their performance to a new covenant whereby all they had to do was come into faith and rest in what Jesus had accomplished for them through the cross as the higher priest, that was something very difficult for them to transition to because everything within them was programmed to perform. 
Now, this is what happens in the life of a Gentile believer when we're confused about the role of the covenants. So just like I said in detail in the previous episode, the Gentiles were never under the old covenant. But when we live with a misunderstanding that the old covenant applied to us as Gentiles, we somehow think that this standard of obedience also applies to us. Now, I want to read in the book of Romans a couple of scriptures early on in chapter 1, just to make this point. Listen to what Paul says in chapter 1 of Romans. I'm going to pick up there in verse 5. Paul says, Through Jesus Christ, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is writing this letter of Romans to the Roman church, which was predominantly Gentile, and he specifically addresses Gentiles, and he says, we have been given a responsibility to preach the gospel, to bring about obedience of faith, not obedience to old covenant, not obedience of performance, but an obedience of believing bringing people to the place where they will say, I will obey the Lord simply by believing what he has done to be true and believing that what he says was accomplished through what he did is actually true. That's what is meant by faith. And then Paul goes on in verse 16 and 17 of Romans chapter 1, famous verses. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, As it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And then Paul goes on in the remainder of most of the book of Romans to spell out how this law of faith that God has put into effect applies both for the Jew and for the Gentile. So this is where God levels the playing ground. He brings the Jews into the same place that the Gentiles have always stood, from all the way back to Abraham, who was a Gentile, who was a God-fearing man out in the wilderness. He had nothing to do with Judaism. He was 400 years removed previous to the giving of the law to the children of Israel. He believed by faith. So God levels the playing field for the Jews and Gentiles, and he says, both of you simply have to believe. Now, most Christians in the world are Gentile Christians. Obviously, the Jewish people are a very small percentage of the population of the world. So all the other people who come to faith in Christ are Gentile believers. Now, that's people from many tongues and tribes and nations across the earth. So Gentile believers were never in this place of having to come to righteousness through the obedience of the law. But when we live with this misunderstanding of thinking somehow the old covenant also applied to Gentiles, it produces a psychological effect, and it's produced 
produced a lot of effect in the preaching of the church that preaches we need to obey the law. Gentile believers were never under that condition. So it creates this perception in this psyche of the believer that obedience in the way of performance to some type of standard is necessary for them to be in right standing with God, and nothing could be further from the truth. Our right standing with God, our total acceptance in Christ is simply based on faith. And this is exactly what the good news of the gospel is. If we will simply believe what God has done through Christ, we will be righteous. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on our ability. And this is good news. This is the good news that God preached to Abraham. And this is the good news that God is now through the new covenant to the Jews has also preached to them that all men, whether Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female, can come to Christ by one simple means, faith in him. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.